Sox fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. Welcome to the show. This is your host, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. And we have a special show for you this week, the Ducks and Pumpkins show, Eddie. It's Halloween week, so get ready for Ducks and Pumpkins, all right? So that's what we're going to be doing this week. Um, We're going to be going over the road trip. Uh, The Ducks uh, did very well, won three out of four games. Uh, Actually, what you and I predicted, not quite the, the order of the games that we thought would happen. We'll go into that and how they did. Uh, we'll talk about some injury news uh, with some of the players, fan questions as well, and of course we'll look forward to the uh, Ducks' upcoming homestand. So we'll talk about that. So Eddie, going back to the the road trip here, the Ducks uh, left the safe confines of Anaheim and they flew out to Philly. And uh, you know we looked at these games. We thought the Ducks would win this one against the uh, Flyers here, and they actually did. They did a good job in this game. Um, they took them out. Uh, you know, six to two, but it was a, you know basically a blowout. Um, it started out with Philly scoring four, uh, first in the opening period, and then Casse scored, and then the Ducks took over in the second with three goals, and they carried that momentum in the third, and they ended up winning this one, uh, blowing them out six to two, Eddie. Yeah, it was it was great performance, really. I mean, they rebounded from uh, a slow start with with Kucheri getting the first goal of the, of the game for the Flyers and, and then I mean they score five goals straight right after that and and then you know when Kucheri scores the second time it really doesn't matter the Ducks are up 5-2 and and then Kasha gets the uh, I guess it's I guess it's the ice the icing on the cake with with a 6-2 goal I mean doesn't really mean much at that point but yeah I mean they're getting goals from all of the lineup in this game Kasha got two Richie had one Raquel and and, and Getzlaff had goals and and then Montour uh, who's been unbelievable lately I mean he had he had a great four games this week uh, and and he got his third of the season in this game so it was a really solid performance and you know we talked about it uh, when we previewed this game last week how um you know the Ducks are going up against a a familiar foe in, in Brian Elliott, who they lit up in the playoffs when they were playing Calgary last year, and and you know they did the same thing to him in this game, uh, and it was just you know it was a great performance, a good way to start the road trip, and, and you know it bode it bode well for for the rest of the games. Yeah, absolutely, and I mean in this one, uh, starting off the road trip, getting the win, you know that was huge uh, as we talked about. Um, the Ducks also uh, got a power play goal. And they actually, you know, it's kind of a theme on this road trip. They ended up scoring some more on the power play. Obviously, it's it's still ranked pretty low in the league, but to see that coming around is a good sight as well. And uh, <laughs> this always kind of happens, it seems, Eddie, is you you and I kind of kind of <laughs> semi call out some players, and those players kind of show up. And and we talked about uh, you know Raquel Perry and Getzloff. They all ended up playing together, and they pretty much was you know were the top scoring line in this game. Um, you know, getting uh, three goals out there, five total points. Uh, just, it just seems funny whenever we mention certain players' names. I, I don't know if they're sitting at home listening or what, but then they turn it on usually the next game or two. Yeah, I mean, right, right after pretty much. We, you know, the the main thing we said was that Getzlaf, uh when he comes back, we, we didn't really harp too much on Getzlaf because he had been out. But you know, we said he's the leader. He's got to come back and he, and he's got to play well. And of course, he gets a goal and an assist in this game. But specifically. 
Perry and Raquel have to step up um, because they weren't when Getzloff was out of the lineup. And, and we saw a lot of guys like Vermette and Grant and, and Kasha getting all the goals. And they, they played great in this game. You know, Perry had two assists. Raquel had a goal. Um, and, and they really drove the play. Uh, and then, you know, one other thing we mentioned as well is guys like Kasha, guys like uh, Richie and, and Grant as well are going to have to continue to play well. And, you know, Kasha had two goals in this game. Richie had one. Grant had an assist in this game. So the bottom six continues to score goals as well. And, you know, that's what you get, and you, you end up getting a 6-2 game. Yeah, if the, the bottom half keeps scoring, which, you know, we got a fan question about that. We'll get to a little bit later. Then that's going to be huge for Anaheim. The other part of this game that we cannot forget is the BXA Superman punch, Eddie, where he freaking lays the smack down <laughs> one punch uh, in that fight that he had. And, I, I mean, I guess, you know, we, we posted the video, and everybody uh, went nuts over that, of course, but... Uh, the downside, Eddie, is that you know he hurt his hand, and ironically, it wasn't the hand that he punched Goodice with. It was the hand uh, which we kind of uh, thought it was. At, you know, once they announced it wasn't the punch hand, but it was still the same instant, but it was his left hand. So that when he landed awkwardly after <laughs> clocking him, basically, that's what ended up happening. And there's still no update, unfortunately. There's supposed to be one at the beginning of this week. We haven't heard he got reevaluated, but but. That was that was pretty crazy, and you know he's done that before, Eddie. Some people didn't realize that he's he's knocked out people with one punch before. So this isn't new for Bexa. No, and, and I mean it wasn't you know it wasn't an easy fight either. He was playing, he was fighting a pretty tough guy in Radko Gudis, and you know just got the jump on him, and and <laughs> for lack of a better term, he one punched him. And I mean it was a really good move by Bexa, and unfortunately, like you said, he ends up hurting not his punching hand, uh, but his left hand, which he ends up falling on awkwardly, and. The, the injuries continue to pile up for the Ducks. Uh, obviously, this isn't a key injury like we've been seeing lately, but it, it still is another injury to the blue line. And, and awfully, um, obviously, that was offset by guys like Lindholm uh, and Vodnik coming back this week. So so that helps a bit. But you know the, the injuries, as weird as they are, sometimes continue to pile up for the Ducks. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, it, it just, it'll be a theme we'll talk about in some of the other, uh, you know, the other games coming up. But, you know, one thing with Bexa, too, is I, I think more and more fans are warming up to him, uh, you know, after the, the whole thing with Shaw and the, and the game on the homestand, then this, you know, because before a lot of people were like, ah, Bexa this and Bexa that, you know, because, you know, the turnovers and whatnot he was doing, especially uh, earlier, you know, in the season uh, last year. Um, you know, a lot of people are upset, but now now he seems to be a little bit more of a fan favorite. I would say Eddie, with all the uh, the the roughhousing he's been doing and, and kicking some serious, you know what? Yeah, I mean he's been better uh, than he was last year. I haven't noticed as many errors as he as he had last year. I mean he's still, uh, it's I, you know when everybody's healthy, he's still the Ducks' worst defenseman. When you've when you've guys got guys like Fowler, Lindholm, Vaughn, and Manson, Montour in front of you, um, you know he he does play his role well. Um, it, it, it's unfortunate that he ended up getting hurt doing so. Uh, but, you know, at, at, I think the issue with a lot of people still is, is the, the amount of money we're paying him to do just that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that's the main issue that a lot of people have with it. I, I think if he was getting paid, you know, one, one and a half, it would be fine. He can go out and fight. Uh, he could get a couple of big hits and then we'd be fine because we're only paying him a million and a half. But when you're paying a guy four and a half million, you know, you're, you're expecting him to do a little bit more. And, and, you know, he hasn't been awful this season, but but I think that's where a lot of people are stuck on it. And I'm one of the people included in that group is, is I think that's the, the hard part for many people to get over is the fact that, you know, the Ducks are still paying him that much money. 
Right, and like you said, he's not a speedster. He still does make mistakes here and there. So that's definitely part of the issue when it, when it comes down to money. You're like, hey, we're paying this guy this much. Yeah, he's kicking people's butts or whatever, but you know, you want a little bit more for you know, f- you know, four million a year. So, but anyways, the you know the Ducks uh, start off the road trip good, and then you know they ran into Florida, another team that we thought that the Ducks would have a good game against that they'd possibly win, but <laughs> instead they get smoked in this game. Verbata gets a hat trick. They drop eight goals on the Ducks, Eddie, and uh, this was just a hard one to watch. Yeah, uh, I mean, you know, you're coming off such a good game against Philadelphia. Um, and this is one of the games last week that we thought they would have a good chance of winning. Uh, you know, they, they're really the only thing going for Florida right now was their top line, uh, Barkov, Huberto, and Dadanov. They, you know, they had really started to click and, and you know gain some chemistry, and of course they were the, the best line in this game um and nothing seemed to go right for the ducks in this game you know if you look at the stat line and just exclude the score i don't think you would think it would have been 8-3 for the panthers i mean the ducks outshot the panthers 34 to 22 they they out they dominated the faceoff dot they had 62 percent of the draws won no not much going on in the power play um florida was one for three ducks were 0 for three and then after that there, there you know there wasn't any tells that the game would have been that bad but it seemed like every shot that Florida put on net you know, either got a lucky bounce or it just went into the back of the net. And it's one of those games you just got to forget about. And I think the only bright spot for the Ducks in this game was that Cali Casilla got his his first goal of, of his NHL career. Uh, other than that, you know, this is one you got to put behind you. Yeah, I agree with you 100%. I mean, it was a hard one to watch. You know, Gibson only went through the, uh, the first two periods, uh, gave up six goals and 17 shots. Uh, Barra came in, you know, didn't do much better. He gave up two goals on five shots. Um, you know, the defense just wasn't there. Uh, the offense as well, you know, they they really couldn't get anything going. Uh, you know, they did get a couple goals in the third period, but then they gave up a couple more goals. I mean, it didn't. It just. It just. I don't know. This was one like uh, Randy Carlyle said. You know, you just flush it. <laughs> he said it's difficult to do that, but it's just it's going to happen once in a while. So you can't get too upset about it. I mean, obviously, you don't want to have that repeat uh, again, especially uh, if you're playing a good team. Um, and that's what happened. You know, the we thought that they would win this game, Eddie. They lost it in a, a bad way, and then they went to play Tampa. Tampa, we thought, was going to be the game that they were lose, and instead they win that game, Eddie. So, I mean, it, it kind of flip-flopped here. Like, like we said, we thought they would get uh, points in three of the four games they did, but these two games were kind of a, a switch of what we anticipated. But you got to be happy. They played terrible against Florida, and then they came out and they beat Tampa Bay. Yeah, and they did exactly what they should have done. They put that game in the back burner, and they come into this game, and you know, and they and they turn it on, and they played a very very strong game against a team who was on fire to start the season, and especially against their their two best players who had point streaks since the beginning of the season. Stamkos and Kucherov had eleven game point streaks going into this game, and then the only player to score for for the Lightning in this game was Chris Kunitz. Um, so just a great performance all around. You know, the, they didn't put a ton of shots on net, but they took advantage of the two power plays they had finally. Yeah. All really led uh, by Brandon Montour, who, who's turned it on this week. He had an assist on the Raquel power play goal to start the game, and then he had his own bomb where he the, uh, put the Ducks up 2-0. Um, so, you know, just a great performance. Uh, you know, it's nice to see the power play go, get going, and, and for the Ducks to have a strong performance against a very good team coming off such a bad loss it's encouraging to see 
Yeah, I mean, I was I, honestly, I was a little bit surprised. You know, after that Florida game, I was thinking, oh man, now we're playing Tampa Bay, the team with the best record. Not gonna lie, you know, I was looking at this game going, hmm, you know, because they were nine one and one. Uh, Tampa Bay hadn't lost a game at home. I mean, so for the Ducks to come in there and take them out, and I mean, it was a, a solid win. You know, four to one too, as well. It was it was good. I mean, you know, Budai did go on net for them, uh, and you know, didn't do as well maybe. Um, if they had gone with Oleski, but I mean, it is what it is. You know, he, he played in the game and Ducks were able to take advantage. The power play starting to come to life a little bit here on the uh, road trip. You know, they had three power play goals now, in th- you know, three games, you know, they didn't have one, um, in the last game against Florida, but you know, they had him here and then the uh, game against Philly. So saw the power play unit starting to work. The Ducks did get uh, Sammy Votnin back for this game. Uh, he was able to play just over 17 minutes, so that was good as well. So overall, a really good performance, Eddie. Um, and it was the start of back-to-back, so it's good to get this win uh, before they headed into Carolina. Yeah, yeah, and I think you know they they really took advantage of their chances in the game. You mentioned that that Buda was in, but I think um, you know the, the goals they scored were you know for it's hard to say, but they were pretty much unstoppable. Uh, even if Vasilevsky was in that, I, I think you know nobody was stopping him onto a shot. Um, you know, Lindholm, Perry was <laughs> blocking out the sun in front of the net. Lindholm's, uh, Lindholm's goal squeaks in with 0.1 seconds left. Um, and then, you know, Raquel was wide open in the slot and, and Getzloff found him, of course. And it was a one-timer, easy one to the back of the net. So it was, it was just a great performance. And again, we talked about how these guys have to step up. And, and Getzloff has three assists in this game. Perry grabs an assist. Raquel grabs two goals in this game. And Montour continues to produce from the blue line. So the, the big guys are stepping up at, at key times. Yeah, absolutely. And that goal by Lindholm, I, you know, when that first happened, I didn't think it was going to count. I I mean, I saw the triple zeros up there, and I was like, uh, I don't think so. And then you look on the replay, and, man, it just got across the line. I mean, with only point one second left, I mean, you really, I, I don't know. That's hard to, to see that, you know. But, I mean, I'm glad it worked out. And that was kind of a big momentum goal because – Kunitz had scored just two minutes before that and made it, you know, a two-to-one game. Now the Ducks carried a three-to-one uh, lead into the third period. So, big play, and like you said, all the players that that needed to step up have been stepping up lately. Yeah, and really for Lindholm too, it, it's been uh, a very good start for the first four games uh, for him coming back uh, from injury. He has three points in four games, uh, and of course, you know, his defensive play has been one of the best on the team and that's really what we know him for but it's nice for him to pick up the offense as well and, and start so strongly um and, and you know picking up three points in four games is, is no slump and and hopefully you know he can continue to do that montour continue to can continue to contribute offensively and once Vaughn is 100 percent healthy you know we can expect to see him on either the first power play unit or the second power play unit and getting some points there as well so the Ducks then, uh, after that win, they uh, had to play Carolina back-to-back situation. And we saw Ryan Miller get activated off the IR, and he actually started in this game um, and played this one. And he actually uh, won it for the Ducks in a shootout. This was kind of a, a, a crazy game because uh, the Ducks looked good early. Kase and Grant both scored. Um, you know, they, the Ducks built a 2-0 lead. Uh, Carolina got a late goal at the end of the first period, and then it was really the second period where they, they put on the pressure, and they, you know, ended up taking the lead. And it looked like maybe Carolina was going to win this game. They were up 3-2 to two for, you know, pretty much the rest of the game until, uh, you know, a little over four minutes left. Uh, Silverberg finally gets a goal. Hopefully he can start, uh, you know, getting things going. But he uh, forces the overtime. 
and you know nobody scores there we go to shootout and we you know we always hope to get to shootout because we know how we do in the overtime so um with with that uh nobody scored except for Corey perry and the ducks pulled out two points in this one eddie so they ended up getting six points uh you know out of a possible eight like we had uh, anticipated yeah and the momentum really shifted back and forth i I mean i think it has something to do with tired legs for sure but the ducks started out very strong obviously getting a a, a goal from kasha and grant early on uh unfortunately skinner gets one with 6.6 seconds left and that and that really carried momentum over uh, for the, the Hurricanes in the second period where, where the Ducks just got dominated. I, I mean, it was a poor period by them. They get out, unfortunately, um, down by one goal. And then the, the script flips again, and the, the Ducks have a very strong third period. Luckily, Silverberg finally gets his first goal of the mm-hmm. season, and, and he's starting to turn things around as well. And then from there, it was the Miller show. Uh, I mean, the Ducks were horrible in overtime. They outshot 9-1, to one, uh, and, and I think Miller stopped at least three or four clear-cut breakaways. Um, and it was just unbelievable. And then, like you said, in the shootout as well, he made some key saves and really pulled up the win for the Ducks. And, you know, they probably didn't really deserve this win. Um, but, again, they get a stellar performance in net, and they get two points. Yeah, we've seen that before. You know, we've seen that where they play games where they, they do well in the first period, not so well in the second period, and then better in the third. I, I don't know why, but the Ducks seem to do that, you know, here and there. I remember a couple of seasons ago where they just had those terrible second periods. And uh, it looks like the overtimes are still kind of hanging out there too. Like you said, getting out shot nine to one was just ridiculous. And um, it was a game where with Silverberg scoring, you were you were happy just to get a point in this game. And then with Miller saving the show, you know he he saved thirty four out of thirty seven shots uh, in the game plus the overtime. Then of course he stopped everything in the shootout. Uh, clearly the first star of the game in this one. I mean that's huge and that's great. You know to see him come in finally. Uh, you know, get another player back from injury. He comes in his first game as a duck, and he does what he's supposed to do. And uh, you know, the crazy thing is, he leads the league in shutout wins, Eddie, at 58. That's just a crazy stat. So I, that's why I tweeted out that we're gonna we want him in there. You know, as a shootout, it doesn't matter if Gibson starts or he starts. When we get to shootout, we're just gonna put in Miller. Forget it. That's it. We're just gonna put him in. <laughs> we just pop him in in overtime too, and, and, and yeah, maybe yeah. Maybe he can just save the day. I mean, he seems pretty comfortable <laughs> on breakaways. Something that we've harped on for for Gibson. Um, I don't. It's pretty much since he began his career in Anaheim. So we might as well just throw Gibby and I mean, I throw Miller in every every OT and shootout, and, and maybe we'll get a couple more wins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe we'll always get that extra point. So. Um, Botnan, you know, didn't play in this game. Uh, some people I know were asking about him. They were concerned. It, you know, he just came back in the Tampa Bay game, so they didn't feel he was really conditioned ready, uh, you know, to go back-to-back. That's the only reason why he sat out, so he wasn't injured. That was the, you know, the good news. I know some people were a little bit uh, stressed over why he was not playing. But, of course, another injury happens, Eddie, which, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just at a loss for words for all this. So, in, the, in this game, Getzloff gets a puck in the face. Uh, he, he goes out, comes back, and then goes out of the game and, and doesn't come back. There's no update on him either, which is kind of frustrating. But, you know, it looks like he had uh, at least some kind of bruising going on in the face. We don't know the extent. I'm uh, not really sure what his status is coming up here on the home stand. But it's just another thing that's just annoying, Eddie, to see another player with an injury. Especially the way he'd been playing too. Uh, I mean, every game he he's been in, he's pretty much been an impact. Uh, you know, he's got seven points in the six games so far that he's played in. Um, argu- you know, arguably the, the Ducks, you know, biggest key player, and to have him out of the lineup again and not know his status is, is certainly frustrating. But 
I hope it's not that bad. You know, the fact that he came back in after initially getting hit in the face uh, is, is sort of promising. Again, obviously, he missed the second and third period and didn't come back and play. And, and whether it's that, whether that was precaution or, or whatever or the fact that it was actually serious, we, we just don't know yet. Um, I can only assume that maybe um, it swelled up. Uh, and they had to attend to that, and, and there was no way he can come back and play. And, and hopefully that's the case, which would mean that he would likely be able to play in the game against Toronto coming up. But you know, hopefully we hear more tomorrow when, when you know during practice, and we can get some updates on him and Bieksa. Yeah, that's what we'd hope. You know, with the injuries going around right now, uh, maybe we'll find out some news before Wednesday's game against Toronto. But right now, Getzloff and Bieksa are kind of up in the air. Um, as far as other players, there was some good news on the uh, Patrick Eves uh, front here. He uh, actually ended up getting out of the hospital. Uh, he was at Hogue Hospital, and he's back home. So that's a good sign for him. We still don't know uh, when he's going to come back, uh, You know, if it's even going to be this season, unfortunately. You know, this whole disease thing that's going on where his uh, immune system attacks the nervous system, it's just some crazy thing that we're trying to deal with and, and see you know how he can get through it. So that that status is up in the air. The Ducks did put him on the long-term injury reserve. So uh, you know at that point, Eddie, we do know he's going to be gone for a little while, um, and, and that's where we're at. It, and if you look at cap friendly, the Ducks do have about five million in cap space now. So you know we talked about this on the show last week. We had another question about about the Ducks making a trade. Uh, we had Lone ask us, you know, do you think the Ducks will do that uh, right now? And what do you think, Eddie? I mean, we, we discussed this last week. We're kind of on the fence, um, you know, maybe some options out there. I mean, it's early in the season. It doesn't usually happen. Is there anything that you think, um, you know, the Ducks would try and do now that they've made the move and put them on the LTIR? Well, last week we mentioned Galchenyuk, and, and I think that was really it. That was the whole discussion around trades and, and whether that would happen or not. And, and, you know, the big issue for us was that they had no cap space, and, we, you know, we, we speculated that either Fowler, possibly Eves, would go on the long-term injured reserve. And, again, we find out Eves goes on it, and now the Ducks have about $5 million in cap space. Um, you know, and up until this morning, there was another guy that I would have mentioned as a possible target for the Ducks, and, and that was... Uh, Shibachev with the Vegas Golden Knights, but now that whole situation has unfolded and it looks like he is going to go back to Russia instead. Uh, so there really isn't many updates um, as for trades for the Ducks. I still don't think they make a move now. Um, I think it, it really comes, they, you know, they probably wait until Kessler is ready to come back. And then if anything, uh, you know, see how Eve's status goes with what, what he's dealing with right now. And if they need to make a move, then it probably comes at the deadline. Because if Eves isn't ready to go, then they still have that $5 million in cap space, which they can use towards deal at the deadline where a lot more players will be available. Guys like James Neal, if Vegas um, cools down, and, and at least some other guys who the Ducks could add potentially uh, to bolster their roster. So I don't think anything really comes in the meantime. Um, I think more of the action will be closer to the trade deadline when guys like Kessler and Fowler are back in the lineup. Yeah, and part of the issue, too, that you know a lot of people have been asking us about is if he's on the LTIR and you know, the Ducks have that space, oh, they can go get somebody. Well, yeah, they can, but you got to remember – if Eves comes back, then the Ducks, they're going to be over. They have, there's going to be, it's a catch-22. They have to do something. They can't just go get another player because that space only exists right now. 
And if he's able to come back sooner than later, then the Ducks won't have to do that. So unfortunately, it's a waiting game, really, uh, essentially. And that's, you know, what the Ducks are. are, I agree with you. I think they're just going to kind of hang out right now because we just don't know um, the extent of Eve's uh, absence is going to be. Obviously, him going back home is great. He's not in the hospital anymore, you know, but. As far as where they go from there, we don't really know 100%. So I, I don't see the Ducks doing anything either um, as far as making any other moves or anything like that. The other reason, too, is because we got news that Fowler is going to be coming back. They said it's four to eight weeks that he's out uh, going back to October 20th. So hopefully we see him maybe in mid-November or maybe later towards Thanksgiving time, somewhere in there. But now that we know that he's not going to have surgery, he's not going to be gone for a long time, You know, he's not going to be put on the LTIR. So um, that's a good sign. I mean, it's it's not good that he's going to be out for that period of time, but at least we know we are eventually getting him back, Eddie. So that's kind of where we're at with the injuries. And I, I think, like you said, I think the Ducks are just going to kind of sit where they're at. I mean, we've seen the bottom six are playing well. Uh, Raquel... Perry and Getzoff are playing well. Hopefully Getzoff is going to be back and, and the Ducks go from there. Yeah, and one thing you have to look at too with any trade is, um, you know, you can't just look at this season for the Ducks as well. You have to look into next season. And, and if they bring any contracts that are more than one year, specifically if we look at Gelchenyuk, who's, I believe he has a contract for this year and next year, there's not a lot of wiggle room and cap for the Ducks. Yes, they, they do lose BX's contract at the end of this season, but all, uh, you know also Fowler begins his new contract, which is at 6.5. So they lose BX's four, but then they gain another two and a half. Um, they end up losing Boschman, who's a million, but then you also have to re-sign Brandon Montour at the end of this season, which he's going to get a raise. Maybe not a significant raise, probably a bridge deal, but most likely around two or three million, which is more than he's making now. And then you also have to look at guys like Cogliano, who's due for a new contract. Nick Ritchie's due for a contract. Andre Cash is due for a contract. So it's very difficult for the Ducks to bring on a multi-year contract right now. And that's why you know, I don't really see a trade for a guy like Gilchenyuk or a guy with a multi-year contract being done. And, and more so, the Ducks look to the deadline and look for more of a rental. For, so for one, they don't have to pay as much. And two, it doesn't affect them coming into next season. Yeah, and, and once we get to that time, you know, when it comes towards uh, the trade deadline and whatnot, we'll have, you know, things can change. Obviously, with this team, you all listening out there know it seems like every day something changes because somebody's getting hurt, somebody's coming back. I mean, we have no idea how it's going to be come uh, February. So just have to, you know, wait and see on this one, unfortunately. And that's what I think they're going to do. Um, the only other moves that the Ducks did do during this week is they sent Oleski and Casilla back down to San Diego. So they're down there with the goals. That's really it as far as uh, injuries and, and movement right now. Um, if something else comes up, you know, we'll find out with BX and Getzoff later in this week. Um, with that, we'll turn, you know, we've got a lot of fan questions, Eddie, this week. Uh, dealing with all kinds of different uh, subjects. Um, we have Darren and Jimmy. They both ask uh, about the playoffs. They talk about um, the third line, the fourth line doing well, which you and I have mentioned. Uh, Miller uh, coming back and playing well. And how do we think the Ducks are going to do in the playoffs? Or at least, are they going to make the playoffs? And we talked about this on the show uh, last week, if you didn't catch it. But we're still of the mindset that the Ducks are going to make the playoffs we don't think that they'll probably end up in first. I mean, obviously, um, you know, the Kings have been lighting it up, and so is Vegas. Things can change and whatnot, but we also don't care. I mean, we just want to make the playoffs. 
broken record. They've won the division so many times. I know we go to the games, you see all those division banners, and it's like, that's nice, but we want the big banner. Yeah, and I mean, we, we've had this question pretty much every week, I think, and, and you know, each week we kind of have a variation on the same answer, and it's it, it's pretty much that it's, it's almost too early. Um, you know, the, the Kings are 9-2-1 with their loss tonight. Uh, Vegas is 8-2-0 with their loss tonight. The Vancouver Canucks are sitting third right now at 6-3-1. And, and two of those teams I don't see being here in a month or, or two months from now. And, and another team you have to look at that's the complete opposite is the Oilers, a team that you and me and pretty much everybody thought would be challenging for the top of the Pacific Division, uh, is sitting 3-6-1 just above the Arizona Coyotes in the bottom. And that's a team who, once they can turn things around, are, are going to compete for the Pacific Division title. So it's very hard to to look at what we have right now and, and predict if the Ducks are going to win the Pacific Division title, if they're going to finish first, second, third, wild card. Um, I think they have a good enough team with everybody healthy to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know about winning the, the division yet. It, you know, They could add some guys at the deadline that could change my mind, but I definitely think they're, they're still a playoff team. Absolutely, and I think that kind of, we talked about this, but it leads into our next question too from uh, Danilo. He asks about the bottom six and can they keep delivering, and I think the answer to that is yes. I mean, the, the way that they've been going, we've seen Wagner, Rasmussen, we've seen Grant now, uh, Kase scoring. Um, you know, you see all these guys are starting to contribute, uh, no matter how they're rearranged in the bottom six, and I think that's going to be a key for the Ducks to go to the playoffs, especially with the way the injuries are going, because like we said, we don't know how long Eves is going to be out. We hope Getzloff's not out again. But, um, you know, with all this shifting of the lineup, the bottom six uh, have actually been more of the consistent groups right now. Uh, you know, now the top six is coming along. Like we talked about, Raquel, Perry, and Getzloff have been coming around these last several games. But I think it's huge. I think they will continue to produce. It seems like there's some good chemistry on those lines, Eddie. And it's been huge for the Ducks to win these games and, you know, be at 6-4-1 and one right now. Yeah, and it's not even just guys stepping up that we thought would step up. You know, at the beginning of the season when we previewed this roster, we said, you know, Cash is going to have to take a step forward, and he has. And, and Richie's got to take a step forward, which maybe arguably he hasn't. But it's it's more the guys that are surprising. I mean, Derek Grant having five points in 11 games, that's a surprise. Wagner having six points in 11 games is a, is a surprise for sure. Uh, and I think those are, you know, a reason why the Ducks are six four and one right now and are in a good position because we've seen games where uh, Raquel, Perry, Getzlaff haven't really been a factor, uh, and the Ducks have still won the game because guys like Vermette and Wagner and Kasha and Grant have come through and and really driven the offense for the Ducks, and and that's something we didn't expect and has been a pleasant surprise. And you know, if that can continue, and when you got you get guys like. Getzlaff and Raquel and Perry going like they are now. When you get a guy like Ryan Kessler back, when you get Fowler back and everybody's healthy, if they're still continuing to, to produce, this is going to be a, a, a very difficult team to play against if they have four lines who can score. Yeah, and that, I mean, that's going to be huge for this team. You know, if they can roll four lines and then stay healthy, I mean, look out. This team's going to be uh, dangerous. I mean, we saw they're scoring, you know, a lot of goals here on this uh, road trip as well. And, uh, uh, Danilo also wants us to give a shout out to all the Brazilian fans out there that follow the Ducks. So we say hi to you. You know, there's a lot of people that follow the Ducks. You'll be surprised. You think it's only Canada and the U.S.? No, there's other places. Uh, Europe, of course, too. But we've got Australia. Uh, we've got fans in Mexico, too. South America. You know, there's fans around. So we just give them a shout. 
And uh, with that, we'll switch to another question. Uh, this one's going from Matt. He asks about Gibson, Eddie, and he wants to know, do we think he'll make the All-Star game this year? Yeah, that's another tough one, I think. I, I mean, because a lot of the times, you you know, if, if it's due to the fan voting, um, they did a little bit better job last year. And, it, you know, guys who deserved to get in got in last year. We didn't see a John Scott situation. So it was, it was good in that aspect. But they usually go on numbers. And, and unfortunately, right now, that's hurting John Gibson, especially because that 8-3 game just really killed uh, his numbers. He had started pretty strong. But, you know, I, I think if it... Go, went off of, of you know his play and and how he saves this team on a daily basis every time he's he's between the net. Uh, I think then yeah he should go to the All Stars game All Star game. He's been one of the best goalies and one of the most valuable goalies to his team. But if you, you look at numbers, you've guys you've got guys like Quick, you've got Bobrovsky, uh, you've got um, you've got Bobrovsky and, and Quick and and you know you've you've got a lot of guys in front of him right now numbers wise who who are better. Pekarene has been very good. So it's tough, you know, when only six guys, I believe, go to the All-Star game. You know, it's tough to pick. Um, you know, if they do the same format this year, Pacific Division, uh, Atlantic Division, Metro Division, Central Division, then maybe he has a chance because I think he is one of the better goalies, if not second best right now in the Pacific Division when you look at how Jonathan Quick has started. Uh, but it's tough. Again, it, you know, I hate repeating this, but it, it's early. <laughs> you know, we're, we're only 11 games into the season. Uh, the All-Star game's at least a couple months away, so um, maybe if he continues to play the way he's playing and his numbers can reflect that, then I definitely think he has a chance. Yeah, and speaking of the numbers, if you look at it right now, like you said, it's still early. He's 5-3-1. Uh, uh, his goals against is 2.80, and his save percentage is 0.921. So, you know, the numbers are not bad. They're they're good numbers, but like you said, there's other ones ahead of him. So, I mean, can he make it? Yeah, he could, but, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think if he has some more uh, solid games, no more of these Florida-type games, then, yeah, I think he has an excellent chance. But only time will tell. Uh, right now, I, I would say it would kind of be up in the air. Um, another question we had is uh, Josh asked us about the Vegas and the Kings, which you know people have been talking to us about them, and uh, you know how they've been playing, you know, hot for right now, and uh, how how do we think it'll kind of shape out, you know, especially with the Ducks dealing with the injuries, and, and you know we're gonna have to face these teams obviously several times coming up here. Uh, that, you know, actually, Ducks are gonna be playing Vegas the next month here. Um, you know, I mean, it's an interesting situation because if you look at Vegas, they, they have some serious goalie problems, Eddie. I mean, they they looked, you know, all right. They had Dankst in there, and then he, he freaking gets hurt. Now, I don't know the goalie situation, but everybody looks at Vegas, and they're still 8-2, and two, and they, they don't really seem to worry about that. But you and I talked about how we think they might cool off. Um as far as the Kings go, though, I, you know, I don't, I don't see them cooling off anytime soon. Their defense is kind of back to the way it was in the Stanley Cup time. I mean, they're they're giving up less than two goals a game. They're the only team in the NHL doing that. So, the Kings' defense has been on point, and they're winning without Carter too. And uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, the Kings, I think, will keep keep playing well. Um, I mean, that's just that's just the way it is right now in Vegas. I, I still think they're going to cool off a little bit. Eddie, what do you think about these two teams? Well, first of all, I don't think I've ever really seen this in, in watching hockey, seeing a team's top three goalies all get hurt within the first ten games of a season. Uh, I mean, that's just ridiculous. How so Flurry gets hurt early, 
then Malcolm Subban comes in and, and he gets hurt and now tonight Oscar Donks gets hurt and, and they don't like they don't really have anybody else behind them. I know I think now <laughs> they were definitely regretting trading Calvin Pickard. I don't think in any scenario they thought they would be without their top three goaltenders. Uh, but it's just insane. I, I mean it's I don't know what they're going to do right now. Looking at the, the roster setup and, and who came in tonight, um, Maxim Lagasse looks to be now their starting goaltender unless they, they end up making a move for, for another goaltender. But, yeah, even without these injuries, I think they would do for a cooldown. But now with him being your starting goaltender, I, I think it's they're going to start coming back down to earth. I mean, it's been a great story. Um, but I just don't see it. You know, Theodore just got called up, so that's a big boost for them. But this whole Shipachev situation has been a nightmare he was supposed to be one of their best players, if not their best, and now he's heading back to Russia. And um, you know, James Neal started up unreal for for this team, and now he's cooled down a bit. So I don't really see them continuing their success. I think in a couple months they're probably going to be may- maybe just because of their hot start in a wild card spot. But uh, eventually, I think they're they're going to fall out of playoff contention. But you know, as for the Kings, I I didn't think they would start this well. I thought um, they they were still going to have issues scoring goals. They really didn't bring in anybody who impressed me that much. Camilleri, he's done okay for them so far. But I mean, they've had guys like uh, Kempe, who's came up, and, and he's done unbelievable uh, since he came up and, and has been playing for them. Kopitar has started very strong. Dustin Brown is playing like the Dustin Brown we saw five or six years ago. So he's been unbelievable playing on a line with Anze Kopitar. And, and then, of course, defensively, they're, they're playing exactly like you said. They're playing like um, way back when they won the Stanley Cup. Um, you know, two goals a game. They, they end up losing tonight 3-2 to the Blues, but even that, they, they played a pretty solid game. So they're a scary team right now. And, you know, they're sitting at 9-2-1, and one, and there's a lot of ground for, for the Ducks to make up. And, and if they can continue to play like this, you know, they're a serious threat not only to win the Pacific Division, but to go far in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean... The Kings looked pretty strong. I mean, like you said, we, you know, that was a team we thought we'd, they'd do decent, you know, but I mean, yeah, they, they're looking good. And you got players like Brown coming back, you know, <laughs> from nowhere. Where coming he back was, from the dead. <laughs> yeah, basically. I mean, it's a Halloween themed show. So there you go. You know, I mean, that's the way it's been. I mean, it's it's kind of scary to see um, how they're playing right now. I mean, they're, they're looking really good. So, uh, but like we said, we don't. You know, it's early. We don't care if they end up in first. If the Ducks can at least end up in second or third, I think we'll be good going into the playoffs. And obviously, it's a long, long way away. Um, one more uh, final question today. This one's kind of a good one. Um, Atlanta asks us about the whole visor situation. She's wondering if maybe the Ducks GM Bob Murray would make the players, uh, you know, all wear them, just like uh, the players have had those skate protectors on. If you noticed, you know, you've seen them sometimes break from certain hits on the puck or come loose or whatnot. So she asked about that, and you know the league ended up, you know, putting in that visor rule just like they did the helmet rule way back in 1979. And now they put in the visor rule, uh, you know, uh, 2013. So basically, everybody from that year, if they had played less than 26 games, um, they had to wear a visor. So there's still a handful of players. It looks like there's only about 30 something players out there that started this season that don't wear, and obviously Getzloff doesn't. Um, but it's interesting to see if he would try and uh, do that. I, I don't really don't think he would, Eddie. Um, you know, just basically the way the orientation works with wearing that and, and skating. Um, you know, it, it takes some getting used to and whatnot. I, I don't see uh, Murray doing that. What do you think? Yeah, I don't really see it. But correct me if I'm wrong. Did the, did the Ducks not do something similar to that with with skate guards? 
in the in the past few seasons. I, I think yes, there was That's... yeah, there was a, a team implemented saying they had to wear skate guards. So yes. maybe because of that, we see it. I I don't think so, especially when you know majority of the players do do wear a visor, and you've got a guy who's been in the league for a long time, like Ryan Getzoff, who doesn't. Um, I think the transition, you know, it, it's hard for me to comment on this because I don't know the experience of playing with or without a visor and playing without a visor so long, how it affects a player if he does end up playing with a visor. I think they're, they're for me, at least looking from the outside, it would probably be a significant difference. And I think for Getzlaff to be mandatory to, to wear a visor would be um, you know, it would be hurting him more than it, it sounds dumb because it'd be keeping him safer, but I think it'd be hurting his play more than helping it at this point. Um, so I don't think I don't see them doing that. I think they'll probably ask him uh, if he if he would consider wearing a visor, especially with this incident. But I, I don't see them mandating and saying you're gonna have to wear a visor from now on. But we never know. We saw the skate guard thing, so it's possible. Yeah, and if you remember in the playoffs a little while back, remember he uh, he had his face injured before, and he was wearing the full cage uh, for a little bit. So uh, if we learn something here between now and the uh, Toronto game coming up, maybe he might have that on for a game or two. We'll see, depending on the extent of his injury. But if something like that happens, I would think it would only be for a couple games. So I think that's where you're at in that situation. And um, with that, that you know wraps up the fan questions. The Ducks have their... Uh, homestand coming up here after that four game uh, road trip they they come back they're going to face the next three games this coming up week they're going to play toronto nashville and then san jose the nashville and san jose games are uh back to back uh another uh, scenario like that so the ducks have those three coming up uh, toronto's been playing pretty good nashville's like the ducks just a little bit over 500 and san jose's 500 so with these three games, I, I definitely think the Ducks could get points in at least two out of three of these games, Eddie. I, I think that they could do it. I think the big question is, obviously, if they're going to get uh, Bieksa and Getzloff back anytime this week. It sounds like Bieksa probably not. Getzloff maybe. And also, who they're going to start in net, uh, Nashville and San Jose. Are they going to go Gibson and Miller or vice versa? So I think those are some of the questions that are going to dictate it. But the way it looks right now, I think the Ducks, you know, I think they could get at least four you know, four points out of these uh, three games this week. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely a tougher uh, week than the last week. I, I think the only tough game on the out, looking on the outside was, was Tampa Bay last week. And obviously that didn't end up being the case. Florida was, <laughs> was the tough game. But, you know, this is a, three teams who are very good. Um, San Jose and Nashville started off a bit shaky, but, but they've started to turn things around. And Toronto's a little bit of the opposite. They started out... Uh, on fire and then they've lost their last two games so i i mean it, it's gonna be interesting i i think a key is to see who's gonna start for toronto in the game on wednesday because they they have a back-to-back they play the ducks on wednesday and they play the kings on thursday and you would think that we would see freddie against the kings uh, because they are the better team they're nine two and one usually you would see your starting go- their starting goaltender against the better team so I think that would be an advantage for the Ducks because the backup for Toronto is, is either Curtis McElhinney or Calvin Pickard, whoever they, they decide to start for that game. So that will be interesting to see who goes there. But it's a tough team, a very young team. Um, Austin Matthews is, is already uh, one of the top 20 players in the league. So it, it's going to be a tough matchup for the Ducks and, and hopefully gets off and go in that game. I think that's going to be a, a huge for the Ducks. If he can't go, it, it's going to be very hard. Uh, to match up against guys like Matthews and Marner and Nylander. Uh, and then you go into the game on Friday against Nashville, uh, a rematch of last year in the playoffs. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people are going to be amped up for that game. 
Um, and of course, Johansson tripping Kessler again in the media um, a couple, I think it was a couple yeah. days what, ago. So. Yeah, what is that? What is <laughs> I don't that? Know, they, they have issues, and Kessler obviously is still under his skin uh, somehow. Yeah. <laughs> Kessler's not yeah, even playing, and he's, he's get still over it, dude. So that will be an interesting game to see. I'm sure there's there's a lot of bad blood still between both teams from, from that series. So um, that will be an exciting game. And, and like you said, it will be interesting to see who goes for what game. The, their team's records are pretty similar. It'll, you know, we'll have either Miller in one and Gibson in the other one. So um, it will be interesting to see. That. Maybe we see Miller go on Friday because Gibson will most likely play on Wednesday. You, you never know. But they're going to be tough games, especially on what I like to call probably a half back-to-back considering the travel really isn't that far. The Ducks are playing at home on Friday and then traveling to San Jose on Saturday. So it's not like there's a bunch of travel involved, but it is it is going to be tiring playing a grinding game against Nashville. So if they can come out of this week with, like you said, four of six points, I, I think it's a success, uh, but they're going to be tough games. Yeah, I agree. I, I think it's all going to depend on if Getzloff comes back. Um, like you said, playing Nashville again, of course, that's going to already have you know some bad feelings there. I mean, I don't know why Johansson's talking trash to Kessler. He's not even playing. I don't know what his problem is. I mean, we saw how well it worked out for him last playoffs, you know. Um, I, I just – I don't know. I just – that stuff just is beyond me. I just don't get it. You know, I just, just shut up and play the game. That, that's all I got to say about that, and that's what I would tell Johansson. <laughs> so we'll see what happens on Friday. Hopefully the Ducks can, you know, take it to him and, and make him, you know, basically be quiet. So um, – and, of course, the Sharks, that's going to be another rivalry game, and then, you'll, you know, the following week the Ducks then play the Kings. So you got some good games coming up here. You're going to have some tough, you know, battles. Um, like you said, if uh, Freddie doesn't play the Kings, then he'll, you know, play the Ducks. So you may see some of that on Wednesday and of course that you know he's going to be amped for that if he does in fact go in that game we don't know yet so <laughs> some things to look for uh, in the upcoming week here uh, the big thing of course is uh, Getzloff and Bieks and how they're going to uh, be if they're going to be uh, ready uh, anytime soon or not so that's that's a huge factor in how the Ducks are going to do this week but the, like we talked about kind of the theme has been you know the, the bottom six has been playing well we've seen the power play start picking it up um, yeah the Ducks did have you know if you you pick uh, trick or treat. They they got tricked in the game against uh, Florida, but they got a tri- uh, treat in the game against uh, Tampa Bay. So kind of the opposite of what you and I thought there. But um, if, if they can play like they've been playing, I, I like their chances. So uh, you have to be happy too, Eddie. If you look in the month of uh, October with all the craziness that has gone on in that month, with all the injuries and all the people coming in and out and the call-ups and all this just everything. The Ducks ended up 6-4-1. and one. And you and I have said, if, hey, if they ended up 500, we'd be happy. And here they are two games over. So I, I'm happy with the day, the way the Ducks have gone for the uh, the first month of the season, especially with the, the way they played in October in recent years. Yeah, and like I said, when you consider the guys who have been out of the lineup uh, and, and guys who were healthy and now are hurt and Fowler and, and now Eves as well, uh, it's been a roller coaster, and for them to overcome that, and and like you said, be over five hundred, it's kind of more than we expected. So, uh, you know, I'm impressed with the way they're playing, especially as of late. I think those last two games were, were solid, other than the second period and overtime against the Hurricanes, um, which is tough. It is a back to back. So, uh, I think if they can continue that play into this week, they have a very good chance of, of winning these games. Um, and then we'll go from there. I mean, there are some important games early on. Uh, I mean, you're you're playing San Jose, and then you've got the Kings. And then you've got Vancouver, and so three straight games where you're playing 
some of the teams that are top in the Pacific right now. So, you know, we, we talked about it multiple times last year. You know, these games are always important, even this early on. They're four-point games. So it's going to be a, a major step for the Ducks to, to step up and win those games. Yeah, and this month of November is going to be big. You know, uh, coming up here, the Ducks are going to have a lot of home games. You know, they got nine home games in this uh, stretch here. So if the Ducks can come out this month and be a couple games up still, this is going to look good. So, um, you know, with that, we'll uh, be back probably in a week after these games somewhere. Uh, you know, obviously they have San Jose in here, but they got this big home stand coming up. So we'll be back somewhere in the middle here. We'll talk about more of the games. I uh, want to wish everybody a happy Halloween, hopefully a safe holiday for you and your kids. And uh, we'll be back, and let's go Ducks.